Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place, The Legend of Korra. Hello everybody and welcome back to you streaming in place. Today we are talking about The Legend of Korra, book four, Balance, episodes three and four, The Coronation and The Calling. Uh, Stupid title. It's a stupid title. But I think there's a lot of good stuff in these episodes and I'm looking forward to how everybody feels about them. So let's let's kick it off uh, with what we all have to talk about, the obvious highlight of all of this. More time with Toph. Allison, what did you think of our training, um, you know, episodes here? It's uh, it's fun to see that her teaching style has not evolved. <laughs> um, I mean, it was great. It was great to spend more time with her. It... Um, you know, I think it's going to end up being one of my favorite voice performances of the whole show, of both shows, because it, like, it just immediately felt like, as we talked about yesterday, immediately felt like Toph, but spending more time with her, it felt increasingly more and more like this character that we've loved so much. So, uh, really great. Um, I was delighted to see her sort of bullying Cora. Cora <laughs> needs a little bullying. Um, it was so nice to see her take a shine to Milo, who would not. Uh, yeah, great. Great, great, great. I'm a little sad that they left. I hope this is not a wrap on Toph. And if it is, you should probably tell me so I can come to terms with it. I don't remember. I think it is, okay. but I honestly don't remember. I thought it might be. I mean, it's it's wonderful. Um, right up to... Cora doing yoga, <laughs> doing yoga to get the toxins out of her, um, which was great. And then um, Toph sealing up her poison in a little rock walnut. I don't know. Um, just really, really, really wonderful. Um, Allison? Oh. More on that later. Okay. About is that Listeners, about? I was parched. Was that about the poison walnut? No, it's about tough. <laughs> okay, I thought maybe it was the poison walnut. No, um, it's not great. the poison walnut. Great, great. I mean, if there is more tough, amazing. Um, just really, that's that is just great. Also, how cool and what a neat, what a neat character detail, uh, fitting development, and a nice solution to the question of why the hell would this woman just walk away from her children even if they are adults and cut off contact with them know with the revelation that she can see them mm-hmm. um because her skills her considerable skills have advanced to the point where now she's like hey well yeah i mean i can see sure she's way over there but i can see her i can see everybody mm-hmm. just it's so cool mm-hmm. well and also through the spirit vines yeah and oh the yeah, tree, connecting everything. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, Marcus says, "I feel like Toph needs to see Lin and Suyin." So <laughs> delicious water. Uh, Noel, how did you feel about our time with Toph? I mean, it's great. You get Toph saying, "It was hot. I was on a blimp. I think a giant turtle showed up." Wow, what a day! It's just like <laughs> yes, no, because those are exactly how Toph should remember. All of that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the giant turtle thing, which she got, like, secondhand. So, no, it's really good. And, like, that kind of tough love um, approach to, well, that's barely love. It's just tough, almost affection. Um, <laughs> that 
Toph uses as uh, her teaching method, like Allison said, hasn't changed. But I mean, why would you shift pedagogical strategies when <laughs> clearly they work? I mean, look, I trained the other avatar how to earthbend. I, I, I feel like I feel like my methodology is sound. Mm. Um, so I, it's just really delightful. And but it also provides that degree of insight of Toph being someone who very much does not care about things that hold you back. That I figured out a way to work through my own blindness. You can figure out a way to make or come to terms with who you are and how to make it work for you. But you also have to be the one to do those things. Um, So while I don't... Well, I think that the ultimate resolution of Korra's poison... um, is a little fast um, in terms of getting it out of everything. Um, it narratively, we need to like move along as well. So I think that there's still good stuff coming in terms of everything with Cora. Um, again, I think that this season is just ridiculously great for her. But at the time, I remember thinking, "Yeah, no, this happened really quickly," and I liked the idea more so that it was all mental as opposed to a physical. Mm-hmm. Um, thing with the poison just left um which um i mean is definitely definitely super resolved now that the poison's out of her body yeah it's, it's totally time. it's completely resolved um she's fine she's fine uh but i you know i hear you but for me like this idea that she's still carrying a physical manifestation of her trauma in her body and not only that it's that she hasn't noticed it, but that psychologically she's holding on to it. She like is embracing that, uh, and that's what's you know, a big part of what's in her way. It was really powerful, and and when you see it, it's not some massive like you know Suyin pulled this massive you know wave of poison out of her at the end of season three, and comparatively, this is a little few little balls, but that's. That's all it takes, right? It's these little particles, I mean, in my head, suffused throughout her body, right? Uh, or collecting at, you know, significant points of, of chi or something, you know, depending on the how you think about how her avatar state works and everything. Um, it And having her needing to just, because she's so still so, so stressed, she's carrying around all this trauma and tension, and she cannot let go of it she cannot fully relax that's you know she was able to if she was in touch with herself enough she would see and feel that but even you know the the, the amazing metal bender she knows ha- can't see it because she's holding on to it so deeply like marcus says i like how she said she says her daughter's never really uh grass metal bending despite them being the leader of a metal bending police force and a metal bending clan yeah absolutely marcus um and that's such a tough thing to think though at the same time is no one's as good as me. Um, Obviously. Which, which is just so delightful. I love how she's still just deeply, deeply arrogant, but with the <laughs> cause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the, the best. Thing. She is the best. Yeah. You need that with, with cause part of it. Um, yeah. It, it just, I, for me, it made a lot of sense and was really also visually and um, thematically really resonant. What, what did you think of that, Allison? Yes. I mean, I think that it was a really easy way of creating sort of a visual representation of how we carry trauma around, right? Like, 
this season has been much more adult, but that that still felt to me like um like something that would be easier for younger people to comprehend, you know, sure. have it. I, I'm thinking when I was 14, I don't think that I would have known. I don't think I would have been able to put together the way in which we carry our traumas around with us for years, decades, even, um, nor the relationship between emotional trauma and our bodies. Um, I don't think that that's something I would have really been able to comprehend. So I think it's a very tidy way of linking those things together in something that you can actually see um, so that you don't have to sort of make that life experience leap to grasping it. Because I I didn't need that, right? Like, mm-hmm. I understood what horror was going fair. through. Yeah. But I can understand why it would have been helpful for someone else. And it was also nice, frankly, to make it um, a little bit indisputable. Like, to to firmly say... What is holding Cora back isn't just her injuries, and it isn't just this poison, and it isn't just the trauma. It's a combination of all those things because they're all interlinked. It's unavoidable that your physical, your experience of your body, your experience of your own memories and your own experiences and your emotional state are tied together. Um, which is why I like it may have sounded like I was joking, but I was so delighted when Cora's big I'm going to get this out of myself moment was yoga, because that's a huge part of what that practice is about. Right. And there are lots of specific forms and styles of yoga that people study schools of yoga where um, it's all about getting all of that energy out of your body, whether it's physical or actual toxins, right? Like the actual things that are in your body, or if it's emotional burdens and it's about release. And so it was wonderful to see that be sort of the final piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Um, We also had some other significant things happening. We had, well, I guess we should go to Kavira next. We have Kavira, um, you know, claiming the earth empire. And we have our tension with Bolin and Mako. Um, obviously, you know, it's hard to see our good boy, Bolin. Um, Just go full fascist apologist? Yeah, no, it sucks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it does. Um, I, I do think that they do a good job, though, of getting you to understand where he's coming from. It, and that combined with the fact that he doesn't, He's not that smart. <laughs> he doesn't know better. <laughs> um, and you know he's got all he's got various life experiences that uh, cause him to want to believe in this and want to you know be on the right side and everything. Um, so I think that yeah, I, I think that they handled that pretty pretty well. What did you think, Noel? So one of the things I really like about everything in the coronation that deals with. Kuvira's whole plan kind of um, coming to the forefront, or not even plan, just I'm the one that did all this, and you all want to install this guy? No, we're not doing this. Um, is that both sides look absolutely terrible um, in this. Um, Kuvira is clearly a t- totalitarian despot um, that is up to serious human rights violations. Um, But the combined forces of the Water Tribes, the Republic forces, and the Fire Lord 
um, the Fire Nation and the Air Nomads are all like, yeah, no, stability, so this guy, that we will then also provide numerous advisors to help him govern to also help us. Um, it is heavily implied, um, especially gain access to the wealth of materials that the Earth Kingdom is now starting to uh, mine and develop. Um, and it's like, yeah, no, all of this seems bad, and all of this is exactly what Zahir told us about in terms of the corruption of despotic leaders, or even poor leaders. Um, and I really like how Kuvira couches, how they write Kuvira to couch everything in terms of, I'm offering freedom and equality. They just want to go back to this kind of stability that disenfranchised, basically, or took advantage of others. Um, and you can see those ripple effects, even though Zaheer's whole plot was over the span of, like, a month. But you're seeing the ripple effects of what they were about happening with Kuvira and finding a way to explain them and do them in ways that make sense to someone like Boleyn, who, like you said, Kate, has these tendencies or is also not very smart but has those things of well he has a family the earth kingdom means a lot to him now that he's like established a connection there so it kind of makes sense that this is what he would start doing is trying to unify this kingdom that feels of a piece of him now um so i think that all of it ends up working really really well to make a very nuanced situation in which both sides are very wrong <laughs> um but one side is very very wrong and the other side is normal standard operating procedure wrong that obviously needs an overhaul yeah well and the um wonder if there are any parallels we can think of from <laughs> politics in america but yeah. the notion that this, <laughs> this saying, is oh, in 2014 just go back like, to how it was before and yeah. it'll be great. It's like, do you remember being in Ba Sing Se? Do you think going back to what Ba Sing Se was like before all this is the answer? Because you're wrong. That is not the answer. Um, yeah. There so- is no problem with a two-party system in Ba Sing Se. <laughs> <laughs> there is no two-party system in Ba Sing Se. <laughs> and, and, and then I, th- I also think that the, um, the, the thing it's easy to overlook here is that he's got three years with Kavira. Right, he's been doing this for three years, which is as long or longer than he spent not with Kuvira on Team Avatar. So, like, it's a big chunk of his life that we've just fast forwarded through. Um, so, I think it's easy to forget that as well. Allison, how did you feel about uh, Bolin and Mako this episode? These uh, I mean, it's rough, but I think it's really well handled. Um, have either of you seen either of the Fantastic Beasts movies? No. I saw the first one and okay. thought it was terrible and did not realize on my second margarita that my sister who I was seeing it with just thought it was fine and I was ruining her viewing experience by like shit talking it <laughs> during the oh, movie. No. I was doing that quietly. There weren't many people in the theater, but still, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, don't know I place Sorry, Maggie. Johnny Depp. Like, why would you do that? I yeah, don't. Why? It's a serious downgrade. It's the worst part of the movie. I liked the first one fine. Um, the second one, however, attempts to do the thing in two and a half hours that um, this episode manages in about five minutes, which is to take a character that you like, a sympathetic character, and use um, 
the details of their life and some of the qualities about them that we would consider to be strengths and show how they can be turned into something incredibly damaging without the person ever doing anything like a heel turn. It's not like Bolin is a, a villain all of a sudden. He's just siding with a villain because it seems like the right thing to do. Uh, and the and there are reasons he feels that way and you can understand why he would feel that way and none of those make it the right decision um and that stupid movie took two and a half hours to attempt to do what they actually do here and there it made no sense and here it makes perfect sense it, all of the things that both of you just said the his biographical details his um willingness to trust his credulity his um guilelessness um the fact that he's a big fuzzy himbo uh the fact that he's getting respect from the from Kavir and company in a way that he was another i mean he's essentially like it's a loaded term but is like a good german here you know what i mean like he's mm. and that's extremely unsettling um and it's not like mako is in the right either but mako at least seems to have a relatively clear-eyed perspective on what is happening um clearer than i think most of the people involved including the adults mako is also an adult but the adult adults um who seem to be so um, blinded by the difficulty of what it would take to do something else that they've shut all doors but the one they would normally walk through. Um, or, you know, they're taking over everything and <laughs> hanging giant, terrifying portraits of themselves everywhere, which is not at all fascist. Um, it's... Uh, it's unsettling and it's unsettling to watch it come to a head in that family. But it's something I assume is going to resonate with a lot of people at the moment. Um, if you have, uh, if you have any relatives who are m maybe just not going to vote, you might, um, you might understand Mako's frustration. If you have, uh, um, certainly if you have relatives who are voting, you know, in the a other way, way that's not Let's great. Just say the other way. <laughs> so, Speaking yeah. of, everyone vote. Have you guys Please voted vote. yet? My ballot. My ballots don't get mailed until tomorrow. Okay. Um, so I won't have them for another like few days. Mine's already in, and I got the email. It was received. It was very satisfying, uh, and I did my Biden 2020 text training this morning, which is okay. not a an inspiring. <laughs> it's not an inspiring phrase, but you know. Here's the thing, Bolin. Um, when the alternative is um, potentially disastrous for the entire planet in a potentially world-ending way, like a legitimately world-ending way, Bolin, your only option is to do whatever you can to prevent the world ending, and then you can figure out the next step. But like, first start with just stopping the world from ending just for a minute and then then we can talk about how much everything else sucks and fix those things yep please vote please vote it feels really great i dropped uh now i think my entire immediate family has all 
done their voting and like put them in the drop boxes and everything and yeah it feels feels real good it does feels and so if good. and if 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 i'm pro- i'm getting off my soapbox i promise but if 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 bolin uh you find yourself thinking well it doesn't matter what i think about the leadership anyway because my state is definitely gonna go for there isn't a biden in this analogy so we'll just say my state is definitely not going to go for Covira. Why does it matter if I vote? Uh, The reason, a big part of the reason we're in this mess is because of what happens at the local level. So please go vote so that we can fix all of the shit that means that we're in the position we're in now. So please vote. Bolin. Bolin. Now, Noel, you have to take off. So do you have any final thoughts about these episodes or things uh, you want to make sure to mention? Icky for life. Um... Just, she's so good. They're all good, but I really appreciate that she gets a big spotlight um, in um, whatever that episode's title is. The Calling. The Calling, thank you. The least memorable episode title ever. Um, Since, you know, she's the middle kid. She has gotten so little to do on this show for the entire run, and then she's the MVP of her episode. Um, and it's also just delightful watching her win over those two Kuvira, um, Earth Empire guards and just be like, yeah, no, it's really tough. And also you don't have me tied up. I can just get out of these ropes immediately. Here's how the map works. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, it's very sweet. And I really liked it, but I also really appreciated everything with the three kids in the ways that they kind of mirror a lot of the discussions and a lot of the dynamics between Tenzin, Bumi, and Kaya. Um, Milo, it's just a weird amalgamation of Aang, Tenzin, and Boomy. <laughs> I can't get over it. I can't. Very good. It's so good. And oh. also, hey, we also did not discuss, you know, Janora has hair, so she's clearly able to differentiate from all the airbenders, which is something Marcus was worried about. <laughs> yeah. It looks good. The, it does. It the hair really with the arrow looks really good, but she is losing the advantage of that smooth, smooth scalp, as we learned. A valuable <laughs> tactical advantage. Well, Noel, anything you want to hint at for our next episodes? Um, the, I've... I have already watched one of those next episodes, um, mm-hmm. and I forgot kind of how brutal it was. It's very good, though. I'm very excited. Okay. Well, we will see you tomorrow. Thank yep. you for joining us. Bye. Um, I'm waving to the three of you, not the <laughs> listeners. Bye, listeners. <laughs> so, Allison, what did you think of our uh, Avatar Team Avatar second generation here, third generation uh, time that we got? So our family bonding time. Oh, it was great. I feel like maybe I was a little bit warmer on these episodes than you guys were because mm-hmm. I just pretty much everything worked for me. Um, I I was not thinking about the dynamic amongst Tenzin and his siblings so much as I was thinking about OTA, um, mm-hmm. which is never going to not mean original Team Arrow to me. I'm having a hard time shifting it in my brain. Um, but uh, the original Team Avatar... Which I guess isn't the original Team Avatar. Our original Team Avatar. I'm assuming there have been many, many Team Avatars through the cycles. Um, It it was just fun sort of watching all of the those stories or many of those stories that we watched in the last airbender play out in microcosm it was like we were getting like a little snippet of this episode here and a little snippet of this episode here because that's what happens when you travel with people is you rub each other the wrong way sometimes and you 
underestimate the wrong person and you find yourself being dismissive in a way you don't intend and people start to go stir crazy and you meet a beautiful girl and try to flirt with her and your sister totally kills your vibe and (laughs) these things happen. Um, So I was really enjoying that. But the other thing that struck me is even without Tenzin being in this episode, much in this episode much, the fact that these three are on this mission together is a mark of how much that character has grown and changed in the last three years. Um, just by virtue of the fact that they're doing it at all. Uh, mm-hmm. Marcus says they are team avatar number 1 million and 10,003, 1 million and three, 10,003. Um, they are great. Uh, but because they're out there at all, it's the Tenzin who didn't want Janora to do pretty much anything. Um, and was so concerned about losing his kids, the fact that he's letting them go on this adventure and not just letting them, but trusting them to do something this important, I think is a mark of an incredible amount of character growth. And it's totally plausible. It makes perfect sense to me that the Tenzin that we leave at the end of book three becomes the Tenzin who is willing to make this decision in book four, even though we don't actually see any of it, which is, I think, a credit to Simmons um, and to the writing staff and to our young performers, all of whom are giving really great, nuanced vocal performances that feel like older versions of the people we've already come to know. Yeah, Um. (laughs) and then also he gets to have some time without the kids yes a nice bonus <laughs> nice this little break just just, <laughs> just the one just the just the, the toddler who's now in their terrible threes um so you know that probably probably happens like they can they can handle it they can handle it yeah send them janora's a master come on let's go uh <laughs> marcus also wisely points out that uh milo probably shouldn't have gone to do this by himself uh because he would probably die not good with food management yeah man men just to let yourself be wrong just say hey janora don't eat those berries they're poisonous but no men gotta keep eating the berries because you don't want to be wrong or wimpy Eh. um i did think a little bit of one of our favorite moments from crazy ex-girlfriend what man did this (laughs) what man did this yes oh milo that's just him though um marcus also mentioned earlier which i want forgot to mention uh i don't think the season will turn vince's opinion of bolin <laughs> uh, it definitely will not it will not uh marcus also surprised that bolin's not being knuck tuck 2.0 for propaganda films for kuvira see i think that if kuvira started trying to enlist him in that way he would be likely to turn against her because the f- whole fact that he's valued in such a different way and he has a job that isn't just like looking pretty and being famous is a big part of why he feels in personally invested in like air quote saving the earth kingdom or the earth empire. Um, but yeah, that it shows that she's shrewd for not, not using him in that way. Um, yeah. And the, the conversation with Kavira and Bolin, I think is our best glimpse yet at why Kuvira has been so successful. Because obviously she is a formidable, uh, like, warrior or, or, like, just, you know, metal bender. But she's, like, yeah. she She's just got, she can play the social game when she needs to. Let's just say that. And she's she knows exactly what to say for Bolin. So, yeah. 
And Milo by himself would definitely die <laughs> if he if he was this far away. So I concur with all of that. I agree. Icky uh, getting the spotlight was terrific. The macaroons, uh, delightful. And um, yeah, it was it was it was fun to finally get some time with them because I remember this part of their the series run a lot. Like the three of them out like gro- more grown up and out on their own adventures. Uh, I remember that. Uh, pretty prominently of the things I remember from these last couple of seasons. And so it's fun to kind of get to that part of it and see how we've uh, gotten there. Uh, Marcus says, I'm interested in what will go through Berlin's head when Kuvira attacks Zaufu. Um Yeah. So any other thoughts, Elson, on the rest of these episodes or shall we get to our episode titles? Let's get to our titles. I really liked both these, but, um, but I'm very eager to know what happens next. And it feels like, despite the fact that these episodes were very satisfying and felt really full and whole on their own, they did also feel a little tiny bit like checking the boxes so we can get to the story. Um, Mm. In the best way, because we got to hang out with Toph. So who cares? I'm fine with that. Please do all your table setting that you have to do. I don't care. Um, but but I do feel like maybe my perspective on these episodes might be shaped a little bit by what comes next. So yes, titles. Let's do it. Speaking of, episode five is Enemy at the Gates. And episode six is The Battle of Zaufu. Okay. See, The Enemy at the Gates, That that's still boring. It's less boring um, but it's still boring because you could put you could take pretty much any TV drama and or political thriller, I guess, mm-hmm. screenplay and call it Enemy at the Gates. And I would believe you. Um, it's a, it's a boring title. Now, the Battle of Zaufu, on the other hand, um, I'm guessing that in the next episode, an enemy will be at the gates. And then in the episode after that, there will be a battle. <laughs> that's my guess that's my prediction um and i'll throw in something weird just for kicks uh the enemy at the gates um cora is gonna come back and everyone is gonna be like that guy this isn't a weird prediction this is a sensible one uh everyone's gonna be like that guy that's like the avatar we still have one of those (laughs) um that's that's my other prediction and carrie i don't know karaoke Karaoke. Uh, no, no, that's not my wild prediction. My wild prediction is that Cora and Asami are going to see each other and they're going to run into each other's arms and smooch. That's my prediction. <laughs> okay. Um, and, oh, Enemy at the Gates, uh, Marcus says, it's also an Ethan Hawke film? Jude Law. Uh, yes, with the snipers. I remember that one. I saw that one in the theater when it came out forever ago. And I remember thinking at the time, why are all the Russians speaking with British accents? Um, but yes, <laughs> it's one of those. I remember it being good. Did you, did you see Enemy at the Gates? I did not, but it does not surprise me that there is actually a movie with that title. <laughs> it's not a great title. <laughs> well, uh, I look forward to our conversation tomorrow. Thank you to Marcus for hanging out with us today in the Zoom. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back then. Bye. Bye.